This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. And we may not have one of our panelists that's going to be on our main topic episode for this Friday, Tiff. Unfortunately, she is uh, it's she's unable to be here right this second, but we're hoping that she joins for this episode. If not, she will definitely be on our main episode, which is misogyny and fandom. So that's our Friday episode. So just to let you know, it's just going to be some of the sexy ladies, which if you don't know who the sexy ladies are, that's Carla, Meg, and Tiff, and me. And so I have two other sexy ladies here right now, Carla and Meg, who also happen to be the hosts of Bed, Wed, or Behead. And, you know, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you know that... For the past couple of months, Meg has been stuck behind a paywall. And if you wanted to hear Meg, you had to become a Patreon subscriber, which still you should become a Patreon subscriber for as little as three bucks a month. Go on, become a Patreon subscriber. We have some great stuff coming up. And you can hear Meg's thoughts on not only the Winchesters, but on the classic film Notting Hill. And you can see her uncut, unedited you have always wanted to see Meg uncut and ed- unedited. I know oh, you God. have. <laughs> <laughs> you make one joke 18 times and then Aaron runs away with it. <laughs> you make one joke 18 times. <laughs> so go to the link in our show notes and get more Meg. Get all the Meg you can handle. <laughs> so speaking of handling Meg, here's Carla. <laughs> That would be a good way to do that. Oh, and by the way, I'm your host, Erin. I'm trying to get better about that. I'm your host, Erin. My intro says it, though, so I just kind of forget. But yeah, that's who I am. I'm Erin, the host, the best host out there. You all love me. Don't laugh so much at that. I'll just edit that part out. Honestly, I'm shocked. I'm, I'll be shocked if after this, when people realize that I've been trapped behind a paywall, that your Patreon subscribers don't skyrocket because they're will. like, you know what? I need to hear Megan's Warm thoughts up. on a 24 year old movie and the Winchesters. <laughs> and hello. the Winchesters. Yes, and I'm sure some other upcoming episodes on there she will be on. I'm sure. I don't know which ones they will be. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> We shall see. So I know one it won't be, but there oh there will be some. 
Anyway. <laughs> this was a real smooth opening. I love it. Isn't it? It's the best. I, I am amazing, Meg. You've missed me on the regular episodes. You've gotten just the Patreon version of me. Which I've is gotten like, so used to like your one-on-one attention. And now I have to divide it. <laughs> I can't just pay attention to you, Meg, okay? It's Mithrigan. I think we went through this. Mithrigan. Yes, yes. I think you also said that over and over again on... <laughs> on our Notting Hill episode. So if you want to hear more from Mathurigan, and I, I did the accent on that episode. So if you want to hear me attempt a Scottish accent. <laughs> if you want to hear Aaron and I just say Mathurigan back and forth to each other for That's about the whole three thing. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a quality program. <laughs> That's worth the $3 a month. Our Patreon is amazing. So I'm I'm gonna keep hyping it up. So go join for as little as three bucks a month. If you join at the higher levels, you get some other cool additional content other than just the great bonus episodes and being able to hear Meg more. So <laughs> go do that now. But we are gonna get started with this episode. And we're gonna start as we always do. And I'm trying to keep, I don't know what if people are upset about something really, really deep, but because our main topic is so heavy, uh, this episode might be lighter than some of the other ones. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. Cause I don't know what everybody's into. So I could be wrong about all of this. So Carla, what <laughs> one thing in pop culture has you feeling, I don't know, like you're high on your own supply. <laughs> is the number one rule against for drug dealing you don't get high on your own supply snoop dogg would be so disappointed in you aaron i know oh like, my god you really want to disappoint calvin i should probably not say that because i don't want to get people in trouble and think that and people thinking that we're all drug dealers we're not. <laughs> no it's just unless you, you unless you're just aaron. not all of us just you. Well, no, 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 no. neither carla nor i even had the thought <laughs> yeah, podcast that's true so so what is so carla what is you, making you feel like you're high on life there we go <laughs> i like that change high I'm sorry, I, didn't, I didn't mean to laugh that loud it just came out of me i'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> that's what she said and then he got sad um <laughs> so i've been like going back and forth between a couple of things and because I, I did watch Megan this week and it was hilarious and scary, but not scary, but like, I think I'm just going to go with it. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one. It had a lot of things that I didn't expect in this movie. Not all of them were like pleasant for me because I, there's some, some topics that make me uncomfortable that I, I don't think I can really talk about them much without spoiling like a big part of the movie but yes so i'm obsessed this week with the wrong meg the wrong megan not the, the flesh and blood one who is like half of my heart and soul like the, the the fake one that's on the television on peacock currently streaming for those of you who are wondering where you can watch where you can get your your megan fix the premise is fantastic it, it's something that it's been done before but with the spin of the the aunt who takes in the orphan child is not somebody who wants children. Who, she's not good with them. She doesn't magically become good at, at dealing with her niece. In fact, she does everything she can 
to push her niece away, not because she doesn't think of her as a valuable human being, but because she doesn't know. She's like, eh, mm, person, don't feel like it. Here's a doll that can interact with you as a parental figure would so that I don't have to. And everybody in her circle is telling her, well, not everybody, but like some people in her in her close circle who are helping her program this doll are like, is that really what we want to do with this doll? Like we're kind of taking away from the connection between parents and children. And she's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. She blows off so many like pieces of advice that are really important, all because she is not only thoroughly unprepared for dealing with a child, but she's also unwilling to learn. And so the real moral of this movie is that should you end up with a child in your life that you're not prepared for, let them let the child go and live with the sketchy grandparents in Florida. <laughs> like it's honestly not going to be worse than making her a murderous doll. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I the really... lesson is always robots are always going to be great for us. And every single movie that we have artificial intelligence <laughs> in, it always I mean, ends well. Of course, it, this would have gone fantastically had it not been because of the whole thing of like, you know, trying to shunt to like pass the duties of raising a child onto an AI four foot tall, smartly dressed doll. Wonderfully named. Also, I think like the, the smaller lesson in there is that blonde people named Megan are inherently suspicious and you should be very yep. careful about your interactions with uh, interactions with them. So I think that that's like the subtext of the movie, if you will. That's the, the bonus for those, those of us who are sophisticated enough to suss it out. Yep. It made me really even more suspicious of Megan's and Meg's with blonde hair for sure than I already was. <laughs> like, ladies, it's been a long time. This is all gray. <laughs> I see the blonde still yep. there. <laughs> it's shining through. I yeah. feel like it's really just don't mess with Meg. And ever since these trailers came out, mm -hmm. I haven't seen the movie, obviously, because we all know why. I've been telling my kids, I'm like, see, be nice to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? Like, because if not, she might take you on a ski trip well, and like... I, and leave them with I an uncaring did, family member who's going to create I a doll. Did, I well, I mean, I did the same thing when the Meg came out. I was like, "See, be careful, be nice to your mom." You know, as if I was a giant shark that was going to eat. You see, them. I never have this problem. There are never movies out there named Carla. There, nothing out there is named yes, Carla. There is. Yes, there's a movie named. There's a movie called Carla. Let me look oh, it up right yeah. now. Yes, there's a movie called Carla. I just remembered when we talked about Carla being the, the women's version of Carl. Why is it not pulling it up? I know there's a movie named Carla. Well, I there's a movie it. called Connie and Carla, which is hilarious because I used to have a friend named Connie and we went to see the movie and we made shirts that said the actual Connie and the actual Carla or something like that. And like nobody in the movie theater like cared about it. And we were so disappointed. We're like, we wore the special shirts. Why aren't you paying attention to us? Uncultured swine. For reals. <laughs> but anyway, so. Yeah. That, that was what. Um, um, I, I think it was like really well done. And as always, the, the real. Um, the real bad guy is the person. Is a, is a human being. Yes. The monsters were the people all along. <laughs> And, the real uh, monsters are, yeah. are, are um, 
programmers. And and that is a, yeah, and that is available on a, a, a Peacock, and it's the unrated version. You can watch the unrated version, which has more blood and more cursing. Which I have to say, I really wish they had released the rated R version in the theaters, only because when I went and saw it, uh, people brought like their seven year old children with them, and it was so obnoxious. <laughs> And I'm like, why are kids here to see this movie? This is not a kid's movie at all. Even but there's though- a child in it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be that bad. There's a kid in it. Yeah, it's nothing, mean- nothing bad will happen. There's never, there has never been a movie about evil children. <laughs> never, never. But not yeah, once. And I just want to know, Carla, what did you think about the opening commercial? About <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it was hilarious. Like I, I was watching it, and first, you know, the first couple of seconds, you're like, okay, didn't I just watch a, a commercial, Peacock? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing to my life? And then you realize, oh no, this is hilarious, and I would never want this toy in my house. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. You could watch that part, Meg. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm about to just go Google the Mithrigan yeah. commercial. <laughs> yes, and and um the the Megan account on Twitter was doing a thread of answering people's questions, and it was really entertaining just the other day on Twitter. So you can go go look at that. It's it's a really fun account. I have to give a shout out to all of those horror movie accounts are just spectacular. So Mithrigan, Meg, now that you have come out from behind that paywall, I really want to (laughs) know what's making you fly high in the sky. It's actually unusual. It's not, I mean, it won't surprise Carla or you in the least of what I'm going to say, but I have become a normal amount of into the last of us. I was going to just say I'm into Pedro Pascal this week, but that's been true for a while, but it it reached new levels <laughs> when he like became 56 instead of 47, basically in the last of us, he got that salt and pepper. I was like, mm, okay, that's nice. I like that. No, but that's, the i'm really liking the show it's i was really hesitant to watch it because i was like "Ooh, horror that's scary like i really wanted to play the game my husband wouldn't play the game or i wanted to watch my husband play the game because i like to watch my husband play video games because i'm such a supportive wife um (laughs) but he never wanted to play it and he doesn't really he doesn't want to watch the show either because he doesn't like horror either but i'm just like "Mm, it's okay but it's not horror, really. I mean, I found that there's scary parts to it. It's in a post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, mushroom people, which is always fun. <laughs> the infected. But it's really so much more about humanity than it is about the apocalypse and family and love and all this other stuff. And a lot of tragic heartbreaks that make me cry every week, so... <laughs> Um, but it's it's really good. And my husband won't watch it with me. So I have been forced to harass everybody else I know to get them to watch it. I I bullied my boss <laughs> watching it. And she like she 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 finally started watching it. And she messaged me and she goes, 
you know, I really hate you for making me watch the show because I just switched from coffee to like this mushroom mud water or whatever. And I was just like, she was like, it's $36 a bag. I can't believe now I'm scared to drink it. I'm like that's my job is done. But yeah, it's, it's really good. It's, I know a lot of what happens in the games, um, but that doesn't really stop me from having lots of feelings watching the show. I don't know. I've got to watch this show. I don't know why. I, I, it's honestly time. And then I'm like, because I kind of want to have a bunch of them ready and I can just sit there and binge it because this is something that's totally up my alley. That's why there's it's weird six that I episodes it. out. Yeah. Like there's seven tomorrow or, you know, it'll be seven as of the time this is releasing. Um, so there's there's lots. It's just it's a lot of pain. And I got teased because I like to watch the featurettes after the credits because I'm a very cool person. But we'll talk about that more what in does? the next part. <laughs> featurettes are the best, man. Are you kidding I love me? That's it. why I, I loved watching direct listening to directors commentary and DVDs. That, and that's stuff. the thing that I miss most about having DVDs and like physical stuff because I always got like the super pack DVDs or whatever, like the Lord of the Rings, I have the extended editions, I have the regular editions, because there's different featurettes on on both of them, and I really, really like that. And I am the nerd who will listen to director's commentary while while I'm watching it, because I just really enjoy the medium, and I really, really love seeing how movies come together and get made and like the background stuff. And then I'm also the annoying person who, when you're watching the Lord of the Rings, I'm like, Oh, did you know that Viggo Mortensen really broke his toe when he came? I am that person who will pepper in helpful behind the scenes. <laughs> Trivia. Carla knows this. She's had to listen to me do it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I'm really, really loving it. I cannot believe that I am enjoying it as much as I do because I am not a zombie apocalypse. Like I like post-apocalyptic things, but I don't like post-apocalypse stuff that has like monsters and, and a lot of jump scares, but it's much more my jam because it's a pervasive feeling of dread instead of a whole lot of big, scary things. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, the reason I keep using the word high is I saw Cocaine Bear. And let me tell you, <laughs> I loved Megan, but this is like woo, way, way up there. This is the most fun I have had watching a movie in a long time. This movie knows what it's doing. It knows what it's about. It's just there to have fun. And it does. It's extremely gory, very gory. I mean, some of the kills, there's there's a whole scene set to Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode that... That song has never been used to a better degree than during this scene. And you've seen part of it in the trailer, but it is amazing. And my sister and I saw it together and we were both like, oh my, we were laughing so hard during the scene. We're like, this is so fucked up. (laughs) Cause it is in a way, but it's just, it's so much fun. Just, and it's set in the eighties. So the music is great. The acting is good. I mean, yes, the characters are thinly written, whatever, but I don't think that really matters in a movie like this. A movie like this is there to entertain you. It's there to 
make you have fun. It's about a bear who does cocaine and is addicted to cocaine and is just looking for a bunch more cocaine and kills a bunch of people while doing it. <laughs> they really stretch themselves with saying based on a true story with this movie. I will say, like, yeah, because the yeah, real bear died, died in, in five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> but still, but it was an you- intense five. But still, I mean, you know, it was quoted as saying during that time, it was the most dangerous apex predator alive during the five minutes it was alive. So it's just exploring that. But it's just it's wonderful. The ending is fantastic. I do want to let you know there are two. Not they're not post post credit, but it's during the credits, two other additional scenes. So make sure you don't leave right away to see those, especially Well, both of them are great, but especially the second one and the bear, it's all CGI, but the bear is fantastic too. It's one of those where you want more, you want as much of the bear as you can get. And when it first starts, you, you see the bear pretty early on. And then there's a little bit before you see the bear again. And so you are like, when's the bear coming back? When's the bear coming back? And so you're excited to see it. And it's just, it's Nah, it's just balls to the wall. It just, you know, I mean, yes, I guess it could have gone harder on that stuff, but no, it was just so much fun and so funny, just absolutely hysterical. And I'm just loving horror comedies this year. It's incredible. I can't wait to see Renfield in April. That's um, the one that's mainly about Renfield, but it also has Nicolas Cage's Dracula. We are going to cover that for Patreon, by the way. And speaking of that, we are going to do a Patreon episode covering Cocaine Bear. It's going to be me and Paula. So I can't wait to talk about this movie more and dive into the spoilers and everything. And I just, if if you can, I mean, to me, it's not scary at all. To me, there's like nothing scary about this movie. But I don't know if it would scare other people. It is definitely an R-rated movie. There definitely is tons of, tons of gore, like lots of gore, <laughs> like way more than in Meg. I mean, just like the kills are I have amazing. plenty of gore in me. I just keep it encased. I mean, the, the kills are incredible and you're rooting for the bear. You just are. I mean, yes, there are people you want to survive, um, like Carrie Russell's character and especially this little... <laughs> This kid actor, I have to give his name a shout out because he's so incredible. Christian Convery, he plays uh, this little boy, Henry, who, if you've seen the trailers, he's the little boy that says, it was fucked. And he is absolutely hysterical. He's so funny. He's so good. So is Margot Martindale. So is Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who's basically unrecognizable. Really, really good. Um, It's kind of... Uh, sad in a way because this is you know Ray Liotta's last appearance on screen he's really good I mean he's playing like a character that Ray Liotta was known for playing he's playing like a drug dealer and stuff Um, but he's good O'Shea Jackson Jr. is really good he's really funny too and then (laughs) Isaiah Whitlock Whitlock Jr. is really hysterical he has some hilarious moments because his character just recently got a dog and you just have to watch it because (laughs) it's hysterical his stuff about wanting a dog that would play fetch and then the dog that he actually got so it's 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 really funny and he has some great scenes and then also um alden heinrich who i guess played hans in the han solo movie he's really good too he's really good too so there are and he's got some great lines in it and and it's just really 
hysterical. It's everything you'd want from a movie titled Cocaine Bear and more. I mean, it is ridiculous. And I want to say again, I love that this was directed by a woman. Elizabeth Banks did this. And so more women in horror, please. And she knew she was, she said she was taking a huge risk making this and was like, this might end my career. And um, the screenwriter, Jimmy Warden, he said, when I wrote this and I knew it was going to be titled Cocaine Bear, I went, nobody is going to make this movie. Why am I writing this movie? No one is going to want to make this movie. <laughs> and I'm glad they did because it's fantastic. Can I just say, I thought it was hilarious. Like when you're like, of course it's a CGI bear. And my brain was like, did he, would they actually give a bear a bunch of coat? Like my brain, well, no, like it they wasn't could like, use like no, a real I, bear yeah. and then CGI yeah. on top of it. Well, yeah. I'm talking about my own brain being like, well, <laughs> what would that look like? Let's give a real bear cocaine. That would be bad. <laughs> well, go see Cocaine Bear and you'll see what it'll look like if a, re- if a real bear does cocaine. But it's, oh, it's, it's so, it's just so, 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 so good. I really, the scene with, I think that scene set to Jess Can't Get Enough was my favorite scene in the whole movie because it's so <laughs> ludicrous. So, and then another scene that involves when they find out and I guess it's kind of a spoiler. I don't know. When they find out the bear is female, and that made me love the bear even more. <laughs> and there's a very specific way <laughs> they find out. I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. It's not bestiality or anything like that. <laughs> well, thank God. Anyway, why did you have to take it there? That's not what I was thinking at all. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm seeing it now. There's the tagline, the new tagline for Cocaine Bear. Don't worry. (laughs) It's not bestiality. (laughs) So once again, if you want to become a Patreon supporter and hear Paula and I dive deep into Cocaine Bear, click the link in the show notes and join today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so now Carla, I want to know, what is keeping your buzz going? Oh. Or what is giving you a hangover? I will say the funniest thing about this is no one will listen to this and suspect any of us do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what has you flying high? <laughs> What's got you buzzed or not buzzed as the case may be? Calm down, people. Maybe she's just talking about vibrators, okay? Like, <laughs> well, don't go straight know. to drugs. That's the next topic. What's making you super horny this week? <laughs> <laughs> I should do that some week. I'm going to do that some week. <laughs> this week is like, I feel like the answer will be a, the same for me across every single question. <laughs> so, so, Carla. <laughs> First, I just want to say that I am very, feeling very buzzy about the fact that in Meg's background, I can see my picture book. It's oh, a yeah. book of my photography that I made a couple of years back. And yeah, it has like some of my favorite pictures from back then. 
yeah, like, you know, looking at it just brings back memories of like all of that awesome time I spent photographying and how much fun that was. But currently, so here's the thing. A couple of weeks ago, or rather a few weeks ago, because it was back in January, um, Forbes had an article by Emily Baker White um, titled TikTok secret heating button can make anyone go viral. And what it, what it's about is that you're supposed to believe that your FYP, your for you page on TikTok is just based on an, on an algorithm that, you know, you want certain things, you interact with them, you um, watch things that your friends send you, interact with those. And then that helps an out al- the algorithm curate content for you. But what's going on behind the scenes is that there are six employees who have access to this heating button that they will pick a video and make it go viral, like boost up its its presence in the For You pages. What TikTok was doing is that they were, you know, getting in touch with some content creators on other platforms and saying, hey, you know, do you want to try TikTok? See how you know, just check it out and put a couple of videos, see how it does. And, you know, like the the content creator might be like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then boom, like the, in their first couple of videos go viral and they're like, oh, I, I like it. I want to stay here. So, you know, and like, that's one of those things. But the other thing is that then they'll go and do the same for their family members or for their friends. Um, there was one case where, the 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 TikTok employee was doing that for her for their husband, so, and that really calls into question a lot of who is who is being given a platform, who is given this preferential treatment because that's what it is is preferential treatment, and hand in hand with that goes with um, the thing that's really bothering me that a lot of Black Indigenous people of color creators have been complaining that they feel like they're being shadow banned because their content has gone from having hundreds of thousands to millions of views and interactions to suddenly like not even going above four digits. So, and it's just really odd that it is these people from like marginalized communities who seem to be the most affected. And a lot of it's like anecdotal, but at the same time, that's a lot of anecdotal data out there. So it just really calls into question the validity of TikTok's algorithm. And anytime that you have human interference with something like that, something that's supposed to just be like, you know, based only on, on a machine, the bias of the people who are behind that. And even when it is just, you know, whether it's AI, whether it's something programmed, there's inherent bias built into it because the person creating it and building it will have a bias that will, you know, guide part of it. It's, it's why um, those those sensors, those soap dispensers that can just sense when you have your hand under it don't always work for Black people because it won't detect the whatever it's supposed to detect because the skin color is different. So it's it's really it's like like there's not enough going on with this world that's burning in front of our eyes. Now we also can't trust the content that we're seeing because it's like okay, 
why am I suddenly seeing less from my favorite TikTokers who happen to be BIPOC? Why am I seeing more content? Like um, one of my favorite TikTokers, who's one of the people who has been most vocal about this, um, Nime Indolo, she has pretty much moved most of her platform to Instagram and to YouTube because of this, because she's like, you know, she her her videos would hit really good numbers constantly on Twitter. And then just out of the blue, they just, you know, took a nosedive and never recovered. People have been suspended over frivolous complaints. And then when they have their, their accounts reinstated, it's, they don't get the same interaction. They, they don't get the same engagement. And it's not because people, like, they suddenly lost their audience. It's because their presence is being suppressed. So back to... Dolo, what she what she was observing is that it seems like as she terms it copy paste whites uh, copy paste uh, white blondes seem to get like the, the most traction and interaction so it, it is really sketchy especially when paired with the information about the the heating with TikTok so it, it's it it really I I, th- I think a lot of us well I don't think I, I know a lot of us went to TikTok once Twitter started imploding and it seemed like a cool, safe place. Not There's no such thing as a, a safe place really in social media, but as safe a place uh, to get fun content, to get um, information, to just be entertained, whatever you wanted um, from your social media. And I was like, well, great. Now I have to watch my back here too. Yeah. I, I hadn't, um, I heard the thing about a lot of people's content being suppressed mm-hmm. Cause I'd heard that from a lot of creators that I follow, but I hadn't heard that other thing about how they, people would, it doesn't surprise me sadly, but I hadn't heard that at all. That's yeah, neither, neither had I. And it's right in this particular two week span of my or two weeks, this particular time of my life right now, I'm not noticing anything because my FYP is one thing pretty much. <laughs> and one thing only, and that is 100% on me. <laughs> actually it's two things the one thing and then like cooking tutorials <laughs> and the other thing is pedro pascal yeah the other, way, thing, doesn't say it, just the other thing is pedro pascal edit um and it was one of those things where i was like i couldn't believe that a certain like a, a very popular on on tiktok sound for pedro pascal videos was never trending mm-hmm. it's just it was so I was so deep in the Pedro Pascal rabbit hole and I'm not sorry. And I will never be sorry <laughs> ever <laughs> that is just, I saw it so much because TikTok was like, okay, we get it. You're a thirsty bitch. We'll keep feeding that demon. Um, <laughs> but so I, I hadn't noticed, I think I'd seen a few videos where people had talked about, they were like, I don't understand this TikTok I had has almost a million views and this other TikTok I have, or they would even post the same video mm-hmm. and one yeah. would get tons and the other one would get like 30 <laughs> or something, a very, a much, much smaller number in the discrepancy. I have posted exactly one video on TikTok and it was a duet of my ceiling and that's yeah. it because I was trying to, it was had to do with what, the things that were happening over in Iran. I'm going to have to go read that that article too, because that's Mm -hmm. really interesting. 
And maybe we'll have to do some episode about that at some point down the line, or we'll have to cover any, all the social media platforms we've done Twitter, but I think we should probably cover all of them in an episode, not in the same episode, but you know, so Meg, what has you still high as a kite or (laughs) (laughs) feeling like you can't even move from the bed. You're so hungover. I'm from Wisconsin. Do you know how hungover I would have to be to not be able to get out of bed? (laughs) The limit does not exist. (laughs) Um, I am really, really, really excited um, because The Mandalorian Season 3 comes out on March 1st. And I put off watching the show for forever because I knew I'd become obsessed with that tiny little green baby. I knew it. I... Before I even watched the show, I had baby Grogu stuff. All over. I was like, it's only going to get worse if I watched this adore. And, and it's true. It's gotten so much, so much worse. <laughs> Started searching for phone cases. I was at Target. I was like, I can, I, you know, $80 is a reasonable amount of money for me to spend right now on the little robot baby Grogu thing. Like, that's a normal amount. Of course, that's. Why? <laughs> What else could I possibly need in my life but a robotic baby? And I love hearing after talking about Megan. <laughs> <laughs> this adorable little baby. Um, but I put off watching it for a really long time. My husband wanted me to watch it. And then, of course, because I've become a total slut for Pedro Pascal, I was like, all right, fine. I'll watch it seen it three times now all both both the seasons that are currently out and the three episodes of the book of boba fett which i don't understand why these episodes are in the book of boba fett i don't understand they're pretty crucial to the mandalorian storyline and the book of boba fett just is not that good um and like these three episodes boba fett's hardly in them at all and they're the best episodes of the season because it's about the mandalorian so it comes out on March 1st. I'm really excited. I'm a very cool person. I'm not super I'm not super into Star Wars. Like I like the movies and stuff. And this is actually tying into our later topic. The fandom really turned me off um, of Star Wars in a lot of ways. I just I, I never felt like there was a space for me anywhere within that, within the fandom. And I think like I said, we'll we'll talk about that because it's in my two pages of notes for the next episode. But my husband assured me first off, he was like, this is great. You don't actually have to know anything about the Star Wars universe. Not that I don't know anything about it, but I I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge um, of Star Wars. But he was like, you don't have to know anything about it. You can you can go ahead and watch it as its own thing. And, and if you know stuff, then there's great little egg, uh, Easter eggs in there. If you don't, you can still enjoy it as a standalone that doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars. It's just in that same universe, which is like my favorite kind of spinoff. Looking at you, MCU. But yeah, so I'm excited. I apparently I'm really into this week, especially I'm really into Pedro Pascal being a dad. Escorting his surrogate child with special magical abilities across the wasteland. That's that's my entire personality now, and I'm so sorry. I don't know if this is better or worse than when I was 
and I'm still hooked on, don't worry, Dungeons and Daddies. I'm still all over <laughs> you. So what you're saying, Meg, is not so much that you're hooked on Pedro Pascal, it's that you're hooked on Papi Pascal. He's my daddy, apparently. He's the internet daddy. <laughs> he is. That's the funny, I watched him on Graham Norton. Um, I think it's a lot to do with Pedro because I've watched literally everything I could. I watched Narcos. Mm-hmm. A show I never thought I would watch because I was like, this is not my jam. But then I kept seeing clips of him being super hot. And I'm like, you know what? I could probably do this. (laughs) Take one for the team. I'll take one for the team. So since I talked to you last, Aaron, I have watched The Mandalorian seasons one and two, two or three times and three seasons of Narcos. And I will tell you that show is almost entirely in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. The thirst is so real. So like, I don't need to understand what's happening. <laughs> right? Well, gosh, you know, my mom's always telling me that that my son should watch more stuff in Spanish. Maybe I'll have him watch Narcos. Oh, I think that'll be great. It's really super family friendly. Although by the end of watching a show that was entirely in Spanish with, with few exceptions, I did start understanding more of what they were saying. Because I took Spanish I took Spanish for a few years. Like I had a really I have a really, really, really rudimentary, like think of a two-year-old just learning how to put sentences together understanding of spanish my husband is fluent Uh, so that was fun this is the one thing i'm really so the one thing i'm super excited about i have to i I, it's just pedro pascal i guess that's it i tried to cover it up by the mandalorian but it's just pedro pascal well you don't and don't feel like you have to that's the thing is i'm joking i think this no 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 no. i just i want to say something though i do think because I do it, we all do it. I think this will go into our main topic. I think we, I think there is something inherent in us that we feel for some reason that we should apologize for the things that we mm-hmm. love. And we shouldn't, because you know what's so funny is I, I like Pedro Pascal. I'm not like thirsting over him like Meg is. I like him though as a person. I think he's he seems very approachable. He is attractive. Mm-hmm. And, and I love him in uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. But what I think so interesting is I am not like super, super into him like Meg is, but my For You page on our fandom thing TikTok is all Pedro Pascal. It's so I'm taking so much credit because that I in the, said- the American Psycho thing. So many Pedro Pascal's well, and I actually saw something that was really interesting about like why a lot of women are drawn to Pedro Pascal and and there's conversations about the female gaze versus the mm-hmm. male gaze and all that sort of stuff because he's not someone like like oh yeah, obviously Chris Evans or Henry Cavill like he's not like oh, attractive white man. <laughs> um but there's something that someone I I watched on a video or I think it was on TikTok or something she was just like, there's something about him that is very much masculine. Like he is a, he is a masculine man without being threatening, without making Mm -hmm. you feel threatened by his masculinity. And that's a really, that's a hard kind of balance to have. And I think it's an innate thing, but there's something about, and it's not to say like he's weak or anything like that, but there's something about him that doesn't make you feel threatened in the space and watching interviews and, and he's all over interviews right now because of the last of us and Mandalorian. He genuinely seems to like women. Like he genuinely seems to enjoy being around women. And I think so many 
things we're inundated with, especially in social media, or I'm seeing a lot of in my social media is men don't seem to like women. Like they don't seem to like to hang around women. They view women for one thing, but, and I, and I, it's some dude in a podcast was just talking about it. He's like, I don't want to hang out with women. I want to have sex with women. And I want to hang out with my friends, my bros. And it's such, it's so gross. <laughs> and there's something that just feels very comforting about, about seeing a man who is very comfortable in his masculinity and also not threatening is the only word I can really think of for it. And I think pretty much all women can kind of know what I'm talking about when I say that, that that Mm -hmm. masculinity isn't something that makes you feel like you need to be scared or it's something that's trying to overtake you and your space and personhood. Look at that. See, I brought it around to serious. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I know. I know what what you're saying. So yes. Um, (laughs) Well, my thing is is really silly, but frankly, I just, I mean, it's, it actually probably, there's Don't probably talk a down bigger. about yourself. We just said that. No, but I mean, like, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's not that big of a thing, but I think actually, in the, if you really think about it, it is. But a while ago, or like maybe a week or two ago, the Ace, Ace is a comic, is a Comic-Con group. Their Facebook page got hacked. And... They keep sharing all of these memes and these links to these articles that are like about celebrities, but kind of right leaning. And then the memes are like really ridiculous and kind of pop culture, but kind of not. And then like, there'll be ones like back in our day, you know, kids were this and that and really, you know, gross kind of things. And a lot of people don't know that Ace has been hacked. I mean, they said on their Twitter but a lot of people will be commenting on these and being like, what is up with you? Why are you changing? I don't want to hear about this stuff. I just want to hear about comics. And people are like, well, they've been hacked. They've been hacked. They've lost followers. They're, you know, they still can't get into their account. It's taking this long for Facebook to get it together and to have them get their account back, which to me is kind of ridiculous. You'd think at this point, what they do is they just block the account and lock this person out, but no. So instead they're posting this, their numbers of followers keep dwindling. This is going to hurt them as a business in the long run because of the stuff they're posting, because they're go- because they're totally going to be seen as a different kind of organization. And so, yes, I started this as a light thing, but in a way it's kind of a heavy topic because they're kind of ruining a business, whoever this is. They're the power of social media to do that because no matter how many times people say this page has been hacked, other people might've missed that. And not everybody's on Twitter and not everybody would have seen their post on Twitter. Cause I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what is going on with this page? And I'm like, something weird must have happened. And then I saw that they were hacked because I was like, why are they sharing these weird memes about, you know, like back in the day or like, you know, and then they'll have random, really heartwarming things like this dog just got adopted. Say congratulations to it. It's the weirdest flipping thing. It's just so weird, fascinating to me, the power of social media and how this person or people, whoever it is, who hacked this account, who obviously runs these other accounts that they're sharing stuff from, 
how they are able to take that power of hacking into something that for some reason, Facebook can't just be like, we're going to ban you yet. They could easily probably ban other people that they've tried. You know, it's so weird to me. Can possibly really, really, really destroy a company through this one thing. It's really kind of freaky because it's like, you'll see posts, community posts saying, I used to really like you, but I cannot believe you're doing this now. And then on the flip side of it, you will see all, and they are mainly um, men, will be saying, I love the way your content is going now. I really appreciate it a lot more. So it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's bizarre. It's kind of scary how, that can destroy a company. And you've got to think these people, the people running ACE are probably freaking out right now because I think most of their interactions anyway were on Facebook. And so now that's just been totally stripped from them. And it still blows my mind. How can Facebook not just be like, oh, we're cutting this account off? I don't understand that. You, you would think they'd have that technology to do it. I don't think there's any way they don't have that technology to do it. That makes no sense. I mean, to me. in a really cynical way, you can kind of look at the the stuff that's being posted and Facebook's um, condoning a lot of really misogynistic, racist yeah. stuff. And you could come to the conclusion that they're not necessarily in a big rush to do that. Um, I think it's also interesting. The whole I've been hacked thing has been so overused by people who say really shitty and problematic things and then try to get out of it by saying, that they've been hacked. So I think even if people do see the account, the account saying we've been hacked, it's not a cry wolf situation because it's not them doing it over and over and over again. But I think so many people have been desensitized. Like, Oh yeah, sure. You've been hacked. Mm -hmm." Yeah. But I think most people are believing them only because of the fact that they're not outright saying anything. They're just sharing things. It's like they never say anything. They just share because I keep following along to see what's going to happen. And I was doing it for this because I just because I (laughs) suddenly it's your suddenly it's your boomer uncle's Facebook page all over your feed. Yeah, it's so (laughs) bizarre. It's so weird. And um, and it's just sad to me that a company that honestly, you know, compared to like creation, like I always was like, someday I want to go to one of their comic cons because just because their pricing is so much more reasonable. I mean, I could have gone to see, uh, they had one where they had Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think it was the same one when they had Taryn Edgerton and a bunch of other people. And you could go and meet them, get their pictures for, and get really good seats for the price and autographs too, I think for the price of like, a copper ticket at creation or something. So it was like, and this was a few years ago, so it wouldn't even be that now. So, um, but anyway, so if you don't, and I also wanted to use this to just say, if you like Ace Comic-Con and you've been following, and you like are following them on Facebook and you're like, what the fuck is going on with you? If you don't know, they have been hacked. So those posts you're seeing are not from them. It's from some other account. So just so you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For our last little thing, I decided we would do something a little bit lighter than what we have done. We're going to, we're going to, no, actually, you know what? We're just going to continue talking about Penn Badgley again for the third week. We're going (laughs) to, now we're going to talk about our favorite Penn Badgley movies and moments in television since we, for two weeks in a row, we're talking about Penn Badgley. No, we are going to do something a little bit lighter and more fun. I think Um, I decided we would do that where I'm just going to go around and have everybody just say, I know this is one of those cheese ball questions, but Carla, and then, you know what, actually, no, before, before Carla says what hers is, Meg and I are going to guess what Carla is going to say to this. And then we're each going to guess each other's. So the question is, Oh no. If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would the movie be and why? So Meg, you know, Carla really well. I know. And I feel like this is like a, I, ooh, it's, it's a hard toss up between two movies that. Yeah. But I'm like, mm. I know. It's like, do we go with her most recent love or do we go with her OG? With the classic. With the classic. Like, which one are we feeling? I still think she's high off Eurovision. I feel like, I feel like, I mean, that's my guess is going to be Eurovision. But I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I know that I my I'm trying to decide between that and the other one. Mm-hmm. And so just to be. Just to be different, I'm going to say Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> I mean, either way, Will Ferrell wins. So, kudos <laughs> <laughs> to him. <laughs> One of the most unexpected things in my life is having two of my favorite movies star Will Ferrell. I never could have predicted this when he was um, one of the, the Spartan cheerleaders in SNL. Like, who would have thunk? But here we are. And I am going to congratulate Meg on getting it correct because it is, it would be in fact Eurovision. And here's the reason why, because it has more sing-along type moments. And I- It has the lion song. Yes, it has um, Lion of Love, which is, I think, a movie that uh, it's a song that is criminally under underrated, and yeah, I understand Husevik is a much more beautiful song. It has like that 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 big moment at the end of the movie and whatever, blah 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 blah. And so that's why it was nominated for an Oscar. However, I would like to just say that Line of Love is no less a masterpiece and should have also been co-nominated along with Husevik. I think that I would be happy to have it on in the background and have it on in the foreground, have it on in the side ground <laughs> and have it on the ceiling and the floor and sing along during the song along. You're just watching this movie, Carla. <sighs> Shush. Let me live my life. And, and uh, sing Double Trouble and Volcano Man. You know, he, he has my melted heart and he, he's just... He's Volcano Man. Like, how could you not want to listen to Volcano Man for the rest of your life? Especially when it's, like, followed not too long after by Line of Love, which, if you haven't heard, is a great song. 
Thousand try to tame me, but I roam free. I mean, come on. It's a great song. I will say my kid watched Eurovis- Eurovision and got really excited. She loved it. And I was like, oh, you should message Carla. She really loves it, too. And the reaction was not as effusive as Taylor. As my daughter wanted. She goes, she goes, yeah, Carla said, oh, cool. No, because because here's the thing. She told me she was going to watch it. She didn't. And I told her, let me know what you think. And then she never got back to me. So, oh, and I told her, but only tell me if you like it. Oh, and then she never got back to me. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. She has me as a parent. Um, so if you're not like harassing her about how excited you are about something, she doesn't know that that's something that you actually are excited about because I'm of not you. You wouldn't know this, but I can be a little annoying and persistent when I like something and want to talk you? about it. Just I know, right? <laughs> We're shocked. <laughs> yeah, but because I told her, I told her, don't tell me if you don't like it. She didn't tell me, so I assume she didn't like it. So why would I seek out my own pain? Maybe she hasn't watched it yet. She's been really busy with her basketball mm-hmm. stuff. She may not have sure, watched sure. it yet. Sure, sure. Okay, sure, sure. Um, but Moving she told on. me. She told me. She goes, "I want to." She's like, "I messaged Carla, and she just went." Eh. <laughs> okay. well, that is not how the conversation went. A I lack of enthusiasm. On oh your my part god! Crushed her soul. Uh, I, I I am happy that Meg was the one that got it correct, though, because I was trying to decide between those two, too. I was like, it's got to be one of these. It's, <laughs> it's always got to be Will Ferrell for Carla. <laughs> That's her ride or die, man. He can do That's no my wrong. zaddy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, so before Meg tells us hers, we are going to guess. So, Carla, what's your guess? Oh, Meg? God. I, I have no good guesses because... For some reason, I am completely blocked in that aspect. I, I don't know. Like, I have a total brain block about it right now. Um, I'm going to guess it's a rom-com. And I'm going to guess that it's slightly cheesy, that I would call it slightly slightly cheesy. I would guess that it's something... It's all rom-coms. Like. <laughs> some more than others, okay? That it would be made in the 90s or early 2000s would have a big rom-com star attached to it that, but that's as far as i'm getting You're like get you have to guess one come on i know i'm like i'm, I'm so blocked okay <laughs> oh god which ones do i not like so much because <laughs> i have a feeling it would be like one of, okay no i'm gonna go with um shoot i'm gonna go with while you were sleeping but it's because i like it so maybe not <laughs> Aaron, what's your guess? And then I'll. <laughs> it's so funny because I was not going to guess a rom com. So now I feel oh. like I'm in the total wrong track. And this is only because, and this was what I was also going to guess for Tiff. And this is only because of the fact that in our um, Saxy Ladies chat, so many of these TikToks about Lord of the Rings are shared so much that that's the that would be the reason. But now I want to change my mind. Um, and I probably would have been right, but I know I would have been right for Tiff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say, oh man, only because we did an episode on it, 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> and I'm going to go with practical magic. Oh, I thought you, I thought your guess was right. I love while you're sleeping, practical magic and 10 things I hate about you. But Aaron, you really should have stuck with your gut. Dang it. <laughs> 
I, I was I, right. Here's the thing. I count all three of them as one movie. I don't care. You have to. It's the story I would watch. If I had to pick one story or whatever to watch for the rest of my life, it would be the Lord of the Rings. It's so rich. There's so much story. It's so long that I wouldn't feel as much like I'm watching the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I'm, I guess when I talk to you guys, I'm mostly such a TV like talker, yeah. TV series mm-hmm. talker than I am a movie thing. But it would be Lord of the Rings, absolutely. Dang it! I see, and I knew it, and I was like, that's why I should <laughs> always stick with my first. And I knew that just because of the stuff that you share about it, I'm like, it's so oh, okay. so she weird and niche so for, much. for Tiff. For yeah, I'm her. like, okay, they both <laughs> love this movie the same amount. So that's why I was like, it's got to be that. But then. I was like, well, Carla knows Meg a little bit better than me. So Carla knows me very well. She guesses wrong for me. I'm terrible at guessing. I know. That's why I should have. Oh, man. (laughs) It's a whole thing. It's a whole bit at this point. (laughs) Man, I should have stuck with my initial instinct. So scratch that. I did say Lord of the Rings. Just edit it all out until you say Lord of the Rings. Can we get to the point where we guess Donnie Darko for you? (laughs) Can we just... I'm like, is this going to be too easy? (laughs) I had a Donnie Darko brain fart for a second and I almost said uh, American Psycho. But yeah, Donnie Darko is obvious. Cocaine bear. That's all you want. <laughs> uh, yes, it would be Donnie Darko. I'm like, I'm like, this guessing game is going to be so easy for me. I, I would have been very surprised if you, if, if, I mean, there are a couple other things maybe it could be, but Donnie Darko no. for sure. I've watched Donnie Darko more than any other movie. I never get tired of it. I find something new in it each time. That's why I could watch it. I love the music in it. I love the performances. I love the characters. It means a great deal to me personally. Go listen to our near our really long Donnie Darko episode. It's worth it's, every minute, though. It it's is. fantastic. No, seriously, it is a good episode. So go listen to our Donnie Darko episode featuring the amazing Carla, the amazing Zasha, the amazing Josh Rubin, and Josh Rubin's amazing wife, Lauren Six. So please go listen to that very long episode, but it's worth every moment. Um, and I am going to be on uh, my podcast, Brain Twin Jen's podcast, my streaming bubble at some point this year, talking about uh, the director's cut versus the theatrical cut of Donnie Darko. Because I have lots of feelings on the director's cut <laughs> that may shock people. But uh, but yeah, so it would definitely be Donnie Darko. Because if I can watch a movie over 60 times and still find something new when I watch it, that and that's says the one. a lot. So, excuse so. me, I did that with Titanic. In one. <laughs> <laughs> and if I had the DVD, the bonus stuff is great. It's got two amazing commentaries. One from the cast and then one from the director and writer. And I think a couple mm-hmm. of other members of the crew. I haven't I haven't watched it since 2003, but <laughs> but I know it does. So that's the one. Yep. I was like, it's gonna be easy peasy for everybody to guess. <laughs> I, mean, I think honestly. our listeners probably <laughs> our frequent <laughs> listeners probably were like, oh, it's Donnie Darko for Aaron. Uh, <laughs> I honestly feel like Carla, all the listeners who are listening, like, yeah, it's got to either be Eurovision or Night at the Rock. Yes, that's very true. I'm the only mystery. But I got it right. And I think that's only because you haven't done a Lord of the Rings episode. Yes, I have. Not with me. Oh, 
but I we have done one, yes. Meg is like, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> Tiff was there. <laughs> and that would have been Tiff's guest too. Uh, Tiff's uh, movie. For sure. yeah, I definitely yeah. would have guessed that. And I know that would have been right. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, no, no. It would have been Fern Gully. <laughs> <laughs> First movie popped into my head. I don't know why. <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> that was oddly specific. I know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out this episode. And so, Carla, where can they find you and the podcast you co-host with Meg? Bedwetter Behead. Well, thank you, Erin. Well, Erin, you can find Bedwetter Behead podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold or bought or exchanged or bartered or just out there floating free. You can find our retweeting presence at Bedwet Behead Pod, our Insta faces at bed.wet.behead.pod. Look for us on other social media as Bedwetter Behead Podcast. Follow us whether or not we post things. Just be there supporting us for no good reason. Just because you like us and you're like, hey, I'll follow them and watch them do nothing. It's performance art, really. I mean, if you if you get it, you get it. <laughs> Otherwise, you're missing out. You can also follow me and my art and my musings on Instagram at Carla Temis or look for my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com. And my panelists could see I was using my fingers that time. So if you're keeping, <laughs> if you don't know what this is, I do something physical <laughs> every time when Carla is saying her website. No, I, I do. I physically do something. She's moved her head. Yes, my mouth. She's, she's bobbed along. Yeah. Bobbed my head up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and every single time it sounds more and more sexual. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you're following along, this time it was just fingers. Just two of them, too. Just two Ooh. fingers. <laughs> this makes me think of a fanfic about the steel fanfic. <laughs> it's not making it sound less sexual. No, I know. I know. I'm not trying to make it sound less sexual. Okay. <laughs> it's me. So, so, me thrigan. Me thrigan. <laughs> so, Meg, where... Can they find you other than on Bedwetter Behead Pod? Uh, no, nowhere because I'm not doing anything. Um, no, you can find me, and you can see some of my older tweets because I have been really busy watching Pedro Pascal fan cams. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me on all of the things at Wisconsin Act, which is W I S C O N S E N N A C H. Um, yeah. That's it. Just me. I don't have photography. I'm not a creative human being. Yes, you are a creative human being. I am a reposter. If you have stuff, I will retweet that shit and I will repost it. Um, I'm like the personification of an email forward. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't make the jokes. I just forward them on. Okay. <laughs> See? 
This is the content you were missing. This is what you're missing if you're not go, on Patreon. <laughs> yes, go become a Patreon supporter and get more of this amazing content. This is Erin. Like I've been saying, don't follow me on Twitter. It's pointless. I don't ever use my personal Twitter anymore except for to retweet a podcast stuff because Twitter depresses the hell out of me now, sadly. Uh, but please go follow Fergie, man. Go go watch her. Her She's going to be in the sequel, Cocaine Fergie. It's going to be amazing. And remember, um, her owner is Penn Badgley. This is part of the Dream Makers. We're decided. So it's Cocaine Fergie. She won't really be doing co- She loves horror movies and all that kind of stuff. She won't really be doing cocaine, of course. But um, she loves snow, the real snow. So... <laughs> I do have a video of her, uh, but go follow her on TikTok. And that is Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. Schroeder and Fergs. <laughs> and be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, where we recently did our very own version of American Psycho, which I had one version up, and then I deleted it because I realized I hadn't written anything on there, and I put it up again. But it's one of those cuts, because I figured out cap cut, which I was so proud of myself, of um, the American Psycho thing, where you see Patrick Bateman walking in with the earplugs, and then below it, you see what he's listening to. And he's listening to Christian Bale's John Bon Jovi audition. And it's amazing. And we got a comment on it <laughs> with all in caps. Someone said, what the hell is going on? <laughs> that is the correct reaction. <laughs> so go watch that. It's hysterical. <laughs> so, And I have to say, that's been one of my favorite trends on TikTok lately, seeing what people put it to. It's, it's absolutely hysterical. And I really, really hope Christian knows about this because I think he would get a kick out of it. So I really hope he knows about it. But anyway, go follow us there. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, I've recently done a bunch of interviews. You can go back and listen to him with a bunch of amazing filmmakers about documentaries and, you know, films. And once again, for our Gen X and millennial listeners out there, I did interview Devin Sawa. And then for the Lord of the Rings fans out there, I did interview Emma Horvath um, as part of a group of interviews for the movie, Who Are You People? So go back and listen to those. Some great content there. Karen Carpenter fans, interviewed someone about uh, the new documentary about her. Um, And he knows that was a fun interview because, you know, being in fandom spaces, he talked a lot about that and how in his life, finding Karen Carpenter and finding all the other fans. And he became such an expert about her that he got such amazing access. And he ended up writing a book because nobody else had written the book he wanted to read. And so that was really interesting to me. And he was just a really nice, nice person too. So go listen to those interviews. You can find them on our website. Um, And if you'd like to be a potential interview guest, uh, click the contact us button there. And I will get back to you as soon as I can. And then I also wanted to make a couple of just quick little things here. One, I wanted to just let everybody know that coming May 20th, and I'll have more information out, but I wanted to get this out, start it soon. 
10 p.m. Mountain Standard, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, I mean, to 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we're going to do another marathon streaming event. And so if you are a creator, um, if you're another podcast or anything like that, and you want to potentially secure a 30-minute slot during that time, please reach out to us. You can hit the Contact Us button on our website. I'm hoping to, at some point, have a special page for that up there. And then I also wanted to say, from and this is from Pasha, who uh, runs um, helps run Parasol Patrol, which is an amazing organization that shields kids from hate groups at a lot of events, especially they started out doing it, especially at um, Drag Queen Story Hours. So uh, they need a lot of extra help right now. They're doing a lot of events and there's a lot of big hate groups going there. So I will be posting um, some info in the show notes where to reach out to them. But if you can search out Parasol Patrol and tag tag Parasol Patrol, if you know anybody who would be interested in getting involved with Parasol Patrol, I'll put their website information there and also a link to an article about some attacks that happened. So I just, they need uh, more numbers to protect kids. So if you feel like volunteering and doing this and, you know, having an umbrella and helping to shield kids from hate, then please, please reach out to them. They are an amazing organization and they do great, great, wonderful work. So I wanted to make sure to mention that for, um, for Pasha and Eli as well, who has been on here before, and they will be returning to the podcast this year. So I'm excited about that too. And then, yep, so that's that's it. So on our next episode, we will be talking about a very light topic, misogyny in fandom. So yes, but I think it's a really, really important one to talk about. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate.